All right, and here we go. Welcome, everyone, to a, another episode of How I Met Your Mortgage. As always, I'm your host, Adam Smith, with Just the Tips Coaching. And with me, as always, is our co-host and our marketing director, Jen Wayborg. Good morning, Jen. Good morning, Adam. I do that every time. I am never going to shake the habit of calling it morning. I know. And I see Steve pointing at his ear, so now probably he can't hear anything now he's screwed up his audio so i will slowly introduce our guest while he (laughs) solves that problem but our guest is a repeat guest i don't think steve's ever been on you don't think steve's been on the show he i'm gonna i I think steve's gonna do the entire thing in sign language from what it looks like. For those of you that are listening to the podcast, we start this process as a video cast. So Jen and I can see Steve and what is going on with apparently an audio failure. Maybe he'll yep. pop back on here. I see he ducked out. Now he's going to yep. duck back in. Oh, well, I see him. Can you hear me? Oh, oh, now we can hear him. Yeah. All right. So I don't know why when it popped back in, I couldn't hear a thing you guys were saying. All right. So okay. you couldn't hear us because we I, couldn't hear you either. Yeah, I don't know why. When he went out, went in, it was it was yeah, I couldn't hear anything. All right. So welcome to the show. Direct from Huntsville, Alabama, of all places. <laughs> and we'll get into me bad mouthing Alabama in a minute here. <laughs> uh Steve Green. Hello, Steve. Hello. Good morning. All right. Let's you? give our audience a little bit of warning. Steve and I are good friends, have been for a long, long time, have spent a lot of time together in various cities around the country. And uh this show may turn a little blue that way. Um, but Steve, yes, you are in Huntsville, Alabama, and we were talking about the fact that every one of those uh, southern states for those of us that are either Yankees or I don't even know what you call people from Colorado because you're not really <laughs> a Yankee from Colorado. But no. Huntsville is really one of the coolest towns I've been in in the South. Probably the coolest town in all of Alabama. I've been to Space Camp, which is ridiculously cool. They actually control the ISS from Huntsville. And of course, because of it, Huntsville is like this ridiculously cool and expensive place to travel to because everybody is either coming from Houston or D.C. Not a lot of places to get to Huntsville or out of Huntsville except those. And of course, because it's all the NASA people, the airfare is looney toony. But um, yeah, but Huntsville is really cool. Um, although, God, man, you have been doing mortgages for a long, long time. Uh, I think as long as I have, if not longer, I, I promise. I, I promised I wouldn't tell our audience that you're actually older than I am. <laughs> Oops. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for that. Uh, but Huntsville's a relatively small town. Obviously, a lot of the people you and I run with live in significantly bigger cities, whether it's Denver or New York, LA, Atlanta, Seattle, Portland. I mean, Chicago. We could come up with hundreds of U.S. cities that are bigger than Huntsville. And yet you've been able to have a relatively successful career in a relatively small town for a long time. Right. And go ahead. Well, and I don't know if you remember this or not, but when we met, I actually wasn't in Huntsville. I was in Grant, Alabama, which is a population of a thousand, which is like a thousand, a thousand. And we were like 40 minutes outside of Huntsville and we were in an office that would look like a 1960s butcher shop. So my career, the first uh, 15 years or so, was actually out of Grant, Alabama. 
that's what uh, kind of caught attention originally when, when I was in Nashville with that first speaking thing is because not only were we doing good numbers, we were in the middle when of nowhere, literal nowhere. And it wasn't until just, un, just under five years ago I came to Huntsville. Really? Yeah. Okay. I didn't realize that. The, when you lived in Grant, did they have dirt floors? Uh, yeah, I mean, you laugh. Can you finance a house with dirt floors? Uh, no, we have to have some kind of flooring. All right, we, all right. we did a lot of mobile homes. We did, uh, we did cabins. We did, you name it. But the office we were in, what was in there before we were, it was a chicken house. Had literal live chickens. And we had <laughs> to like, decontaminate it before we made it into an office. This is a true story. Wow. Yeah, chickens, so, mortgages, whatever. Whatever. It's, it's Grant, Alabama. There's not that much office space available. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, I bought the building and redid it. In the back room, there was a well that they had poured concrete around, and it was one of the first houses in the town where the water, where the well was inside the home because it was that old originally the, there was actually a dug well out back so our first uh my first several years in this were um we were as rural as you could possibly get what's in that office now uh now it is a they ref i sold it they refurbished it and it's a tiny little rental house okay yeah all right cool cool so we were talking before we uh went live um right. about the fact that these periods and you've seen more than one these economic shifts recessions i don't know whatever people want to call them these days is actually good for business yes and i cannot argue with that it is good for business and i think most of the people we know and run with and spend a lot of time with would agree um and there's no denying that fortunes are made during recessions true that's undeniable from carnegie on down um, but what are some of the things that you do differently in periods like this that you weren't doing two years ago? So the, so like you say, I think this is the third one of these, uh, when I started, we were in one and of course you don't know any better then and True. then 908 and right now my focus is on education, educating my borrowers, educating my realtors. And that has been the, the, most important thing and keeping a positive outlook. Uh, it's funny. I have agents. One of my brokers told me a statistic I haven't verified yet, but she said last week that 81% of the current active agents here have never seen an interest rate above 4%. Well, sure. Absolutely. Okay. That's true. So when I started, they were like eight, 9%. I remember the first time they hit seven, we were like popping champagne happy. You know, <laughs> so, I mean, it was literally, <laughs> It's your perspective. It's all about perspective. And, and that's what I keep running into. This, this getting us busy now is there's so much negative for the loan officers and the agents and the people that haven't been through this. The fear is automatic. And I and with us just going in there and talking it through and making plans and, you know, you know, two to one buy downs. We're doing a ton of those. We didn't need to do any of those since 08, 09. And now we have people doing them and, and educating people why. Like I'll tell you, the, so I've come up with four new classes that I'm teaching my realtors. And in the first one, we spent a large portion talking about, they had a, I'll give you an example. They had a 300K house. They lowered the price uh, 10K to try to sell it. And that made the average payment drop 80, 90 bucks for a, a consumer, right? 
if they had left that 300K and did 10K in concessions and used that as two to one buy down, it made like a $300 difference. Give, and I'm just using round numbers. It's been a minute um, out in the payment for that first year. And the big thing that we're trying to help people educate on it is that by dropping prices, you drop appraisals. We've, we've already seen a little bit of that here. Uh, my neighborhood I live in, one of the, uh, the appraisals is, is the house I used to own is 20K lower now than it was six months ago. Okay. And that's what people can do things to try to speed up the market. And if you haven't lived through the market, you're not always making the right decision for the seller or the buyer, right? Because these buyers had much rather have a lower payment with a big drop in concessions, as you know, it, it can, you know, you can, it's all about the math at this point and looking at strategies and just by going out there and having the conversations and talking about it is kind of drawing people to us. Like we're having a great November where some of my colleagues locally, I had one call me the other day that was freaking out because they had not got a loan application in two weeks. Wow. And yeah. And I mean, you haven't heard that in a while, but they're not taking action. They're, they're, they're letting that fear put them in a bubble instead of, going out, talking, taking action, moving forward. And I think that's the, I think that's the big thing you got to do right now is you got to be out there. You got to talk to people. You, you know, it is harder if you've never lived through one of these. I mean, of course she was a younger age, you know, loan officer who had never lived through what uh, we have and, and we'll learn a lot of lessons as it goes through, you know? Yeah, very true. And I do think that's important. And obviously over years and years now, you and I have worked together on teaching classes to LOs and real estate agents, swapping content back and forth, right. uh, traveling to some of these places to do this. Um, and I'm really curious that 20 grand drop, what is that price point put at now? So the house that that one was, it was at not, <laughs> it was funny when I, and I guess it's okay because my house, I can talk about it. I bought it at like 570. Okay. Then I sold it for six something uh, when me and Ashley, you know, separated. And then it went for, um, and then it sold last year for eight something. And then it sold for 900. And now it's dropped down off of that appraisal by 20 K roughly. So the funny thing is four years ago, it was 570. Now, then it went to 900 and now it's back and down. I, I thought I could buy Alabama for 900. Well, certain areas, you know. All right. All right. So, I, uh, well, I do remember, and I know it's been forever, but it was really funny. You and I were teaching a class and we were put uh, doing some referral partner relationship content. Sure. And we talked about the landscaper. And that's one of the favorite things I ever picked up from you that I still talk about from time to time. And right. so you and I are standing there and you say something like, you know, this is only for the really nice houses, 200 grand and up. <laughs> and I start rolling. I'm literally dying on stage laughing. And you look at me like, what? I was like, in Denver, you don't get any grass for 200 grand. So right. it's not a problem. You're getting a one bedroom condo. So, yeah, I mean, granted, that was a long time ago, but it That's always true. did make me laugh and yes we're not going to get into the string of houses and x's and all of that because then we will blow through the 30 minute time limit that jen gave us no right. question so it's important to be out and about it's important to be positive it's important to be public it's right. important to be giving good content good data good information right and we just talked about the fact that 80 percent of the Population out there hasn't seen a rate at four or higher. All right. Okay. 
um, of the professional population, real estate agents, mortgage originators, whatever the case may be. Um, we could probably take that down to one or two percent that have ever seen a buyer's market, and we probably never will again. Right. But these are the people that 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 slim portion, that you know, two percent of real estate agents, that twenty percent of loan originators, whatever the case may be, because you never hear about a new mortgage originator. That's that's just weird. Um, these are the people that are probably exercising what you're suggesting. Be positive, be public, get out there, do these kinds of things that you know, even if you aren't doing them or haven't been doing them, you know, work for building relationships, generating leads, so on and so forth. Yep. Are you still the sole loan originator in your operation? I am. Yes, I am. Okay. And what does your team look like today? So I've got Taylor, Mary, and Carrie um, are my drag team, not counting the corporate support, but my drag team are Taylor, Mary, and Carrie. You met Taylor earlier, I think. So, so yeah, and we're, uh, you know, we just hired Taylor. Um, she, we picked her up. She got laid off at another company that was making cutbacks. Great employee. We're seeing that a lot locally. We're seeing a lot of, we're, we've got, okay, just say it plain. We've got less competition locally than we had six months ago by sure. a great deal. And we're doing good. I mean, we're, we're, but see, we made moves based on 08 and 09 that I remembered. And, uh, and I feel like that's made a huge difference in our office. Uh, I wish the only mistake I think I really made is I waited 30 days longer to really shift gears than I should have. I agree. I um, did too. I don't agree with you because we didn't talk about it. But yes, I think I was behind the ball in making the adjustments, previewing what the market was going to do. It right. meant for a much quieter first half of the year than I would have expected, than I wanted. I shouldn't say expected. I should have expected it. That would be pretty black and white. But yeah, I would say that we're certainly as busy as we've been all year. Oh, yeah. And um, and honestly, we're picking up. I, I will say this. It's funny because we've picked up more new agents in the last two months than we picked up in the last two years. The last two years, our people that we work with, that we've dealt with for years, or we're so busy and we were so busy. And we were, and honestly, we were making sure we kept our customer service up for them. And now for the first time, we have agents that we've, that we've not even tried to solicit calling us because their guy went out of business or they were only using him because he was paying for Zillow leads. And he no longer can afford to do so, you know, or, you know, kicking in. And so it's funny, the doors that it's opening and, and I'll tell you the positive message is part of it. Uh, so this new class series, when I went to the realtors, one of the first things I taught them, I had a slide in there like cookies make you fat. And the whole point under that was now something that a lot of people don't realize is when you're on your social media, I don't care which one it is, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. Okay. And whether it be a pixel or it be a cookie or whatever, if you see a negative ad, like houses are going to crash, home prices are going to crash, whatever. And you click on that, then it it le then what happens is then your then your feed gets filled with that, and the same thing happens in reverse. If you click on only positive uh, ads and, and messages, then because the algorithm will pick up what you clicked on, right? I made that point in a class a few weeks ago, and then all of a sudden they start telling me the ones that were all nervous and clicking on the negative the negative traps were getting nothing but negative feed. And some of them had still had great contracts, still had great leads, still had some of them had buyers that had, had been trying to find all year and couldn't get any because of the inventory. 
and couldn't get anything. And then now they can actually find a house because there's inventory. So they're actually in a better position. I have uh, one of the agents I work with had, she had buyers that have been looking for six months to find houses and couldn't get them because they would lose every offer. And now they're under contract. So her numbers are actually better now because of this. So the perception is everything in this market. And also the decisions you make will feed your, I mean, I said, right here, feed your soul. Like if you click on every negative thing on social media, that's all you're going to see as far as your feed goes. And a lot of people don't realize that they think that is the news because they clicked on one thing and they're like, Oh my gosh, it's just an avalanche when they don't realize they actually trigger that avalanche. Oh, sure they did. And you and I obviously have spent a lot of time talking about social media algorithms, about how to tinker with them. We've run experiments on them all the time. We use it a lot in our content. And I guess one of the things that Jen and I never really talk about with our coaching clients is the result of, did we lose Steve? There he is, is the result of how that algorithm impacts you as a social media user, not as a as a you know consumer of that content, not about the content that you're putting out. And we obviously focus on that and how you want to tinker with that algorithm, how you want your content to be viewed, how frequently, those kinds of things, what you can do to make sure, bottom line, more of your audience sees more of your shit. But right. we never talk about it from that that consumer perspective and yeah, we joke that Facebook knows when you're taking a shit, but yeah, Facebook knows if you want to be negative, right? Facebook yeah. knows if you want to be positive. Absolutely. And they feed that, you know? So, and, and you're right. And all my classes in the past, I never focused on the, the, what the, you know, the agent was getting fed because we were just getting business. We we're focused on well, getting We're business. talking about doing oh. the feeding, not yeah. being the consume, not doing the consuming. Yeah. Yeah. And now, and now more than ever, I mean, that was something that really not only spoke to them in the class, but I've heard feedback since and, and they didn't realize it was happening at the time, you know? Uh, and now that they realize what it is and they've adjusted to it, it's, it's, and you know, it's like anything else when you're in sales, a positive mindset is, is always going to help you more than negativity because, and you'll, it'll be in their voices and they won't even realize it, you know? And so it's, if you lift it, you know, it. it's a, I call it a purging fire. Both industries are probably overpopulated with people who don't, this is not what they do for a living. You know, I mean, you, you see more of these part-timers in both sides and this is going to get rid of some of that, which is honestly sure. a good thing. You know, it's it's yep. the cream rise to the top, as we say, you know, and, um, and that's what we need. We need professionals. We need educators. We need we need people to let people know that, you know, because one thing about this, the Fed has done I did some research. They've done this rate scenario that they're in right now. They've done it um, nine times. And since the 1950s, eight out of the nine times it served exactly the way they wanted it to. The only time it didn't serve the way they wanted it to was in 09 when the inventory was just so massive. And that was the, the kicker. The thing about right now is even though it is slowing some prices and it is slowing some uh, buying a little bit, our, we're still producing more buyers than homes every year. And until that changes, inventory is not is, is going to be an issue. I mean, if this is this is going to slow it, but it's not going to stop it. And people are going to keep buying because people are still getting married. They're still having babies. They're still getting out of college. And because of the builders that we lost in 09 and the ones that are more conservative now and the fact that lending is more conservative now, it's a fact. We produce less 
home, new homes every year than we do new buyers. So it's, and once you realize that, you realize the business is there. You may have to adjust where you go, how you go. You may have to be more first time home buyers, but the business is there. Is no question. It's kind of like a hillbilly translation of what Barry's been saying. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> hillbilly Barry. Oh, yeah. You're our hillbilly Barry. That's awesome. Yeah. So um, no question about it. Okay. So let's be tactical and tractional about it because you and I are certainly always big on that. Sure. What should people be doing? Now, don't get me wrong. We're going to see a mass exodus. All of these people that are buying trigger leads and I'm seeing clients say, Hey, I'm getting 50 to a hundred calls after starting to look for a mortgage. They're out there. It won't last long. We're going to have a mass exodus. And those kinds of people that were in it for the refi boom of 20 and 21, fine, go. Um, Real estate agents, probably similar, but for the people that really want to make a shift, really want to stick with it, understand that they probably already made the halfway point, if not longer, of surviving the current shit show, for lack of a better term, um, what should they be doing? What tactical, tractional things should they be doing? We know teaching classes is a big, big deal, but not everybody has the content to teach. Right. Okay. Well, the big thing to me comes down to one thing is take action for first and foremost, because Oh, don't be on the sideline. Yeah, don't be on the sideline. So many, okay. you know, I've had so many, and I've had I've had both real estate side and lending side call me up because you know, like me, we have done this forever. So they always want to call the the elder to find out, you know, how did you survive last time we had the Great Depression? And so, so true. the first thing I ask is, what have you done today? Like, what have you literally done today? And it's never well, you know. I text uh, I texted ten buyers that I haven't heard from in six months. It's I ha- it's never why well, emailed 20 people. It's never I called to wish somebody a happy birthday. Right. And, uh, you know, you t- you take your your book and you hand it to a new loan officer and you say, do one page a day. They'd be making money. I mean, that's that is truth, because it's literally just the simplest of actions. And that's what people need to be doing. Don't freeze. Don't hesitate. Don't sit still. And don't worry about the perfect headshot. Don't worry about the perfect email. Don't worry about the perfect text. Um, and go back to anyone that you have dealt with these last, you know, 12, 18 months that didn't buy, that didn't go and call them back in and have a real conversation with them, whether it be on the phone, whether that be text, whether that be email, whatever you communicate with them in the beginning and let's reevaluate. Okay. You were looking, we couldn't find anything in your price range. Now rates are higher. What can we do? Have you got, you know, what, what has changed about your life versus your goals versus where we're at? And my favorite line that I've said for years is that closings come from conversations, have conversations, whether that be, and if you don't in mind, okay, so I love to teach class. I can teach class, have conversations and that leads to contracts. Conversations lead to contracts, whatever that is. One of my, uh, one of my agents that I work with for a few years now, she, I always love to tell like a real life example. She, last couple of years, she's been rolling like everybody else. Her phone was ringing in. She had closed so many deals that they referred so many deals. But when I met her, when I met her, she got all of her business from the ball fields, right? She would go to the ball fields. She was a volunteer, um, baseball, and, uh, and actually basketball here too. And she would meet people in the stadium or the field, and she would make leads. And that's, which, that's how she built her business, right? So when she calls me up and she's talking about how things have changed, how the phone's not just ringing 
uh, first thing I asked her is like, well, have you been, have you been to the ball field lately? Cause she hasn't done that in two years. She hasn't, cause she, she eclipsed past it. And I'm not saying always go backwards. I'm not saying you have to go back to what you're doing two years ago, but if it was working two years ago, try it. Right. No. And it's not about going backward or what was working two years ago, because the kind of shit that you're describing is the shit that always works. It's whether it's two years ago or two years from now, or frankly, 20 years ago, or when Zig Ziglar was pushing his, you know, sales, yeah. uh, type of stuff there are things there are staples there's framework that always works right yeah okay. so i i get it it's not about going backwards yeah well yeah and one foot in the in those staples one foot in the new things you know i mean i've got an agent right here a broker actually who's he's using tiktok to brand and doing really well too so you just the, as long as you're moving, as long as you're out there, as long as you're doing those conversations, no matter where they start, you're going to get business. You oh, know? so work. Yeah. Do yeah. the work. Do the work. Yeah, work, do the it, work. It works if you work. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So, side note, the only reason that Steve is actually plugging my book, Just the Tips, is because he wrote the foreword. So <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll read Steve's quote that the publisher put on the cover. This book contains more than just nice tips and false motivation. This is a real roadmap to actual results that put closings on the board, not just useless leads in the hopper. Steve Green. Uh, well, you know, as, as much as I hate to give you compliments, uh, when I, <laughs> especially, especially since you like to out me on my age every chance you get. Uh, <clears throat> no, that book, what I love about that book, I, I actually, look, this is no joke. I'm not kidding. I'm not plugging you here. This is literally sits on my desk all the time. Okay. Um, so because whenever I want to kind of go into basics, when I want to go back to, to when I want to kind of get in that zone, I'll flip through a few pages of your book and it never fails. There is something that I'll remember that like birthdays. Okay. You, you're great on birthdays. I'm not that, that good, but now I have an automated system and every morning I also do another thing with birthdays and I've actually gotten business from that. Right. Of course. Like, Look, I'm not going to do birthday things every day and, and build a business from that. It's one of 20 things I do a day. Right. But I, all these last two years, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't implement that. I have the time. Well, in the last six months now I do the birthday things every morning. Right. And you can find motivation anywhere there. It doesn't even have to be in our industry, but at the end of the day, get a book, have it on your desk. When you, you need to either be texting, calling, emailing, or looking for motivation. And uh, I actually put your book on my desk when I was setting up my new classes just to kind of get me in that mindset of, uh, of the basics again, you know, because we, I was rusty. I was, I mean, this is where I, this is the market that I love. This is my passion. Sales is my passion. Always has been the last 12, 18 months, you know, I'm talking about last year. I actually felt bored sometimes because we were so busy. Agreed. Yeah. And it was, and it was cookie cutter shit. Yeah. It was the exact same comments all or the exact same comments of laughing at David Ryder. Sorry, Jen. Uh, <laughs> but it was the exact same loan every time. I mean, you didn't even have to have the getting to know you conversation. Yes. Okay. You want to lower your rate and payment. I get it. Fine. And now we're in a position where we're able to work hard. And I don't want it to sound like, you know, we're in the coal mine going down, 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 because that ain't what I'm driving at here. But we get to be creative. And we get to really sharpen pencils and uh, break out our silly little green visors and find the best solutions. Like we were talking about buy downs before we went live. 
that's one of those kinds of things where we really get to kind of get creative juices flowing, get good gears turning. And we're not just rubber stamping loans, running them through an automated machine of sorts like we did most of last year and the year before. So, yeah, I think that right now is a much better time to be in the mortgage space, be in the real estate space. It's yeah, especially if you and one thing, COVID is is so COVID year. We all went to electronic and less personal contact, and it changed dynamics too in what we do, right? Sure. Before COVID, I would go to a closing. If it was a new agent, I'd go to the closing agent myself. I pick up a listing agent. Uh, I would go to more events. Uh, I had a uh, I had a buyer. I don't know, it's maybe three or four weeks ago. She talked to a couple of lenders, and she was young. She was first time home buyer. She was nervous, and everybody was giving her their post COVID. We did everything electronic, text me, email me. And, and we were talking and I felt, yeah, I could just feel the anxiety. And this is just another example. I'm like, do you want to come into the office? You don't mind? I can come in. I'll wear a mask. And I'm thinking, we are we, of course, now about we never wore masks. So we all, you know, we all got the same uh-huh. diseases anyway. Uh-huh. Uh, so, so just because y'all have the same cousins. Right, right. <laughs> I knew you were going to come out with it. Absolutely. Just preemptive strike. Hey, at least I didn't say anything about Alabama's quitting playing football. Right. Yes. All right. Hey, 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 wait. That, wait. Well, you mentioned football. baseball and basketball, and I was like, oh, yeah, I did see that Alabama quit playing football. We didn't quit playing that way. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Don't, we won't go there. So she comes into the office. Uh, yeah. So, well, actually, she, so we got to talking, and then we got on a FaceTime, and I was able to do it all through FaceTime, but that conversation led to, to the FaceTime, right? And, uh, and, it was kind of weird for me too, because it kind of put me back in the thing. Oh, you know what? We can, you know, people are getting back to wanting to have personal conversations and we can use our technology like our FaceTime to get there and we can do this. And, and I love the worst year for me in this industry, the work, not, not financially is one of the best years financially, but the worst years for me mentally was 2020 because I'm an extrovert and I was locked in a box. We couldn't, we couldn't go to closings. We couldn't meet people face to face. We couldn't go to the ball field, you know, like, like, like my agent. And now that that's starting to go away, we have forgotten how we have forgotten that this is a business of relationships. It's a business of conversations. And I really like the fact that we can get back to that. And I think that just if like, there's somebody listening to this, if they will just remember and expand a little bit that it'll not it won't just help them it'll help the people that they're working with and truthfully in the day in our industries you know that i think you'll agree with me what i'm about to say is if you worry about the consumer if you worry i mean look uh, all the mortgages and all the mortgage companies in town right now where i'm at there are several that honestly should they um, shouldn't be there. Okay. And until those guys don't have any business, then I know I'm not doing everything I can to reach people. Okay. There should be, you want your people, if you worry about the person, the business will come. Totally. I see that with agents every day. The ones that worry about the person, the business comes. Yep. That's all you have to do. Yeah. Take good care of your clients and the rest will fall into place. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And if you can't, and if you're not, if you're not talking to people, you can't find out what their pain is. To solve. Oh, very true. So. Yeah. So I think that it's important to kind of understand that the way we're doing business today, the way we're generating leads today, the way we're doing the entire process from A to Z is a little different. Some of it needs to regress. We, we are not at the height of a pandemic. 
Uh, we don't need to lock the doors to the office. We don't need to be shut out from closings, those kinds of things. And I understand why the precautions were taken, and I appreciate that. And I also appreciate that during that same era, that same period, we were given some new toys, tools, tech systems that we can employ, that we can implement. And there's a wonderful hybrid here to be had. If we still focus on what's best for our clients while using all of this new toys and tech and tips that we were given over the last couple of years, then we should be doing it even better today than we were before the pandemic. Sure. I just don't see people doing it. I see a lot of black and white. We're doing it the way we used to. We're doing it the way we did over the course of the pandemic. And for some reason, people refuse to take the best pieces out of longer careers and put those to work in unison. Right. Make that your orchestra. I don't I don't know where that mental hang up is, but that's yeah, probably just human nature. So I, yeah, I agree. It is what it is. It probably doesn't have anything to do with mortgages or real estate. It's probably just the way people behave. How are we, how are we doing on time, Jen? We already blow our of course uh, you yeah. did. Of course we of did. Of course you did. It's Steve and I. Yeah, this is what we do. All right. So, Jen, I'm not sure what you want to know about Steve. In fact, I'm guessing most of the things you probably know about Steve, you could have done without. It's uh. true. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that did. A little bit. Um, but, you know, I think one of the big pivotal moments, and Jen, you may have even been around at that time, and Steve was married at the time, and Steve had made a change to another company at the time, and was consuming the Kool-Aid, drinking that green Kool-Aid like it was going out of style. And on his wedding anniversary, I knew he would be with his now ex-wife, and she was doing a lot of the marketing stuff for him. And I called and got them both on the phone. And I probably said happy anniversary, although maybe. And then I said, look, you're going against exactly what you taught all of us to do. There's no reason to brand your big company. They have people for that shit. They don't need your help. They got money. They got people. You need to be branding the Steve Green Mortgage Team or whatever the hell you want to call it. And for some reason, all of that honeymoon shit with a new company washed off right then and there. And he's like, Oh, yeah, I actually taught Adam that, so I better get back to <laughs> doing that. And now, we, I, Steve, I couldn't even tell you what company you're with today, which is beautiful. Well, thanks, I think. Yeah, all I know is it's that Steve yeah. Green is Steve Green, and Steve Green does mortgages. Right. I right. Love, love the company I'm with. Um, I, I, I could not imagine being somewhere else. But and back in that time, I had left a company that I wasn't that I couldn't imagine that anybody ever going to. Now, um, I had went there for a, a signing bonus, which is not a good reason to go to the company. I found out, but uh, but yeah, no, you're you're you want the buck to stop with you. I say that all the time, right? Like you want you. I mean, yeah, that was some good advice. Honestly, of all the advice you had given me, that was some of the best. Yeah, I probably got it from you though. Um, I, I just turned the table and threw it back at you. Um, Jen, what do you want to know that that isn't like circumnavigating the subjects about Steve that you already know and probably don't want to? Right. No, I mean, I think we could do a whole nother half hour, hour just talking social media. I mean, Steve and I, when we start talking social media, we can talk forever like sure. we did at Mile High Mastermind in <laughs> 21. Yeah. Um, but we don't really have time for that. But it is a really interesting perspective 
And I think TikTok has really opened me up to the fact that what you interact with is what you're going to see, right? And they've all been doing that, but TikTok has really thrown it in our faces. Like, if I keep clicking on videos about dogs dying and like last memories, then my whole TikTok feed is dogs dying. And TikTok's the king of that. Absolutely. Oh, their algorithm is badass. It's insane. But it's absolutely still true. I mean, Instagram stories, for instance, I was like, why the hell am I seeing the same people over and over? That's because I just get clicking and I see and I click on those same people and it takes some digging to see anybody new, any new content. That's probably the most infuriating part of meta owned social media is finding anybody that's I mean, I have I have over 3000 Facebook friends now and I probably see 10 of them in my feed. So it's an interesting reminder that you can't you have to do a little bit more work to see the stuff you actually want to be seeing. Right. right. Um, and really not clicking on anything that you don't want to continue to see like dogs dying which has been my whole tiktok feed lately so that's why that's top of mind I, for I, right yeah now. that that steve may have been one of the most valuable pieces you've actually ever given us and there is a plethora of valuable shit you've given us over the years no question about it but yeah to take that mentality about how we treat social media algorithms when we're the content producer when we're the content creator and to make sure that we're honoring that as the user as the content viewer what do i want to see here read watch on social media because i never really thought about it i don't spend all that much time on social media um and yeah it's fucking brilliant if you continue to feed that negative machine it's going to keep spitting that shit out to you i mean it works with everything though like i mean you and i roll our eyes every time and i'm sure steve does too when mortgage loan officers are sharing the same post everybody's sharing the same post and they all interact with each other's posts and oh my god it's going viral because there's a hundred loan officers that are interacting with the post if you're interacting with only other loan officers posts you're only going to see their posts and they're going to see yours instead of your actual audience seeing the shit that you're putting out there so not even just negative stuff just anything oh, if you're we, only inter- then we look like sheep right well yeah, it, yeah it's not yeah. original content i mean the thing right. is they look the algorithm looks for new original content to keep it fresh and when you're doing when you're the sheep as you've just said that is bad for your for your placement in the algorithm because they don't want someone to just reshare tired reuse stuff absolutely yeah, yeah. That has always been the case. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Social media thrives on original organic content. Yep. And yeah, from the consumer perspective, though, from, uh, and I don't mean the people that are, you know, spending their money. I mean, the people that are actually consuming the content on social media. Yeah. Paying attention to it that way, the same way we do as content creators, is huge. Thank you for that. Jen, let's get Steve on another episode because now we're obviously way over time. And yeah, we'll try to keep it focused on social media shit. We'll book you for January of 24, which is when I'm booking right now. So I like it. Um, But for those of you watching or listening, if you want to find out more about Just the Tips, you can text TIPS to 63566. You can get all the past episodes of the show, all of our weekly little tips. You can book a free hour of coaching with Adam. Uh, You can get a copy of the infamous book. Everybody have theirs right there. Steve, you got to hold yours up too. No pictures in it though. Wait, wrong one. No, there, there. I'm sorry. I did not write it for my Alabama audience. There are no pictures. Yeah. 
I was, you get a copy of that book, uh, but text tips to 63566 to find out all of the things about Just the Tips Coaching. Cool. Steve, thank you. Good to see you. It's been a minute. Um, yeah. I know you were here fairly recently and we got to have a meal together. Um, but yeah, we missed you back in September and hopefully we'll uh, catch you again this coming year. Oh yeah, I'll see you guys soon. All right. Well, sign us off, Jen. But remember, you guys can catch a new episode of How I Met Your Mortgage on Videocast, which is way more entertaining, apparently, uh, at 1030 Mountain Time on Mondays. And I think you can catch us on Facebook and YouTube and LinkedIn. Jen's nodding. I'm actually learning. Cool. And the podcast will be out on Wednesday. Apple and Spotify. Yeah, look at you go. Look at me go. I'm actually learning things. So (laughs) tune in next week and we'll see you guys then.